1: It's time to get happy. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on TuggyDad.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen.
2: Everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm here to talk to you today, as I am every Wednesday, about happiness, well being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well being locally. But also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. It comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guests today, I want to open up the phone lines for call ins at 877. 877- or you can log into toginet.com and come into our chat room and meet with us there. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness fan page. And speaking of the heart, my guests today are very much all about the heart, They are my mentors. I am an alumnus of the University of Santa Monica, which is the institution that doctors Ron and Mary Holnick run. They have talents and insight beyond anybody that I've ever met, and I'm pleased to have them back again. Welcome back, Ron and Mary.
3: Good morning, Lisa. It's so great to be with you again.
2: Oh, it's wonderful to have you. The first time you were on the show, we were speaking of your book that had just been released about, I think it was three or four months ago, Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology, which is really what what we're talking about here.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> you
2: know? So, so I, for our listeners who, who may not be familiar with USM, spiritual psychology, and the tools that you are teaching and sharing, could you share a little bit about spiritual psychology so everybody understands the place from which we are coming?
0: If you, if you think about the title, Loyalty to Your Soul, it raises the question, what does that mean and how do I do that? How, how shall I be loyal to my soul? At USM, we teach the principles and practices of spiritual psychology, which is the methodology, the technology, if you will, of how one becomes more loyal to your soul. And the biggest thing it requires is a shift in context where one starts to realize that living one's life from a spiritual perspective is radically different from living one's life on what we call the goal line where success in materialistic terms is what matters.
3: And part of what the technology also provides, Lisa, are very practical tools that people can use uh, when challenged by everyday life experiences. And as people really learn how to apply the tools that are part of the principles and practices of spiritual psychology, then everyday life experiences can really be used as grist for the mill for each person's spiritual evolution.
2: I like what you say about tools, because when one thinks of spirituality, one automatically goes to a place of religion and God, or to the opposite end of the spectrum, to woo-woo. And by using the word technology and tools, I think it, it, it describes much better and in much more usable terms what what you're offering through your work and certainly what i am now offering through my work um that is that is usable in everyday life
0: well let's give you an example of a a very 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 simple tool the most basic one we know everybody can try it out for themselves and see what effect it has experientially for them and that is if people are willing to make the assumption and Most are, some are not, but we could always try it on and see what happens. That there really is, uh, let's call it a higher power, call it a divine intelligence, call it God, call it whatever you would want to call it, that the nature of that essence is love, and the place that that, that we resonate to that love in most of us is our heart. So think of a person that is the person that you love the most in your life anybody that you love the most in your life. And then the experience you have inside that you feel is what we call connecting with your loving essence. Now, go out in the world and just look at anybody. Go to the supermarket. Practice on the person behind the checkout counter or or the people walking up and down the aisles. Look at them. See them as the recognition that they are also what we call a loving divine being that that is their essence and see what experience you have the very basic simple tool it's a cornerstone for spiritual psychology
3: and the way I like to think of it is learning to see with the eyes of your heart if you center yourself in your loving in your heart and your intention is to see the loving essence You will naturally see with the eyes of your heart, which are eyes that are gentle, soft, and compassionate.
2: Mm, The eyes of the heart. That is just beautiful, Mary. I know today's focus um, is about judgment, and this is something that every one of us can relate to. Um, And I also know that we have callers that are stacked up here within the, the toginet system. And I'm wondering if you would be willing to chat a little bit about judgment and how it impedes us from our growth and keeps us from that loving place that you so elo- eloquently spoke of.
0: When when we talk about judgment, we have to first be clear of what we mean by that. We don't mean uh, how to discern between two things so that you become, for example, a good judge of wines. We mean... That condemnation, we mean wrong-making, where we enter into a a godlike omnipotence where we know, and on the basis of what is true for us, we then judge or condemn other people and ourselves. A lot of people are involved in self-judgment. That's the essence of what we're talking about when we're referring to judgment.
3: And part of what's so challenging is that most of us spend a tremendous amount of time in self judgment. And when we're not judging ourselves, then we're busy judging other people, situations, and circumstances in the world, and so on and so forth. It's like we go into the egoic consciousness and we're dividing things into what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad.
2: And the judgment, I dare say, keeps us from our joy.
3: Absolutely. Judgment keeps us separated from really the greater awareness and experience of the divine beings that we are. And the, the joy that you mentioned, Lisa, is the most prominent quality really of the spiritual essence that resides within each one of us. And joy, of course, is what contributes to that sense of happiness.
0: To to, uh, further clarify just what Mary said, it's not even that it resides inside of us. It's more it is who we are. That is our natural state that we would find ourselves in if we would just let go of all the judgment.
2: And it's easier said than done for many of us. You know, we, uh, it, it takes a, a lot of um, intention, I would say. Not necessarily work, but intention to consciously decide that we're going to uh, restrict our judgment and we're going to allow the joy out and in, for that matter. Absolutely. And I
3: think part of it is, is learning, and this is, again, where the principles and practices of spiritual psychology can be so helpful because there are, as there are remedies for judgment when we find ourselves in a judgmental consciousness. But I agree with you, Lisa, that probably the very first step is the clarity of intention, that my intention is to reside in my loving, my joy, my compassion, my enthusiasm for life.
2: And then the the rest sort of falls away. It, it's not even that you have to go through a big exercise to release the judgment. It falls away simply by making another self a better self honoring choice to be in that loving place, to be in that conscious place, and say, I'm going to allow I'm going to allow for joy instead of instead of judgment,
0: or I'm going to I'm going to approach things by by taking into consideration that there's another way to look at it. I don't have to look at it in the self-condemning way. There's another possibility. And the making of that choice is another principle of spiritual uh, psychology, which has to do with taking of personal responsibility and ownership.
2: Ah, uh, that's the crux of the matter. It's, it's the, personal resen- the sense of personal responsibility and that how we choose is the key.
0: It is and it's very difficult because we weren't brought up that way. We were all brought up or unless we had some really really enlightened parents, uh, we were all brought up in this right wrong dichotomy and we were learned how, and we learned how to uh, make other people wrong. And how did we learn that? Well, we were made wrong. When we were kids, we were told if you do that you're a bad boy, you're a bad girl and that's the kind of stuff that uh, that leads into these kinds of positions
2: we are going to go to a break, and when we come back with Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, who are the authors of Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology, we have callers who are just waiting to get on the line and, and, and share in the conversation about judgment, and uh, we will be right back. The music is coming on. This is Lisa came kamen You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, and you can find um, the Holnicks at if you could give us the website, Ron and Mary, so our listeners could check in. That would be great.
0: They can go to Loyalty to Your Soul dot com, is it, Mary? Loyalty to dot com, or of course, the University of Santa Monica dot edu.
2: Fabulous. We'll be right back. Yeah. Woo! Hey,
1: yeah. I, we know that life is tough yeah. and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. Yeah. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers-Kamen on Toginet.com.
4: Are you someone who leaps out of bed to greet the morning, amazed at your good fortune every hour of the day? Or are you someone like me who needs regular infusions of inspiration? I'm Meg Pierre a photographer, travel writer, and creator of the website www.viewfromthepier.com, which focuses on the human quest to connect with self others and a sense of wonder every day the site features a new beautiful image from my travels around the world captioned by an uplifting quotation this daily dose of inspiration is available free ViewfromThePeer.com also presents monthly interviews with fascinating people i have met in my travels who offer their personal stories and wisdom along with in-depth destination stories about cultural traditions from around the world If your day could benefit from a quick change of scenery or attitude adjustment, I invite you to visit www.viewfromthepier.com. Homeschooling?
1: Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Mm -hmm. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you will be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on TogiNet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TogiNet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, who have co-authored a book, Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology. And Ron and Mary run the program at the University of Santa Monica, which is a freestanding school of spiritual psychology and conscious health and healing in Santa Monica, California. They have a workshop that is coming up in August at the university, and that is August 5th through 7th. And uh, one can sign up, participate in the workshop, receive a copy of the book, and you can find them at uh, LoyaltyToYourSoul.com and the University of Santa Monica's website, which we will cite later on in the show. Our phone lines are absolutely full, and this is just an exciting moment. And so I think we need to welcome Ron and Mary back. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello, hello. And without further ado, we need to bring on our first caller because we want to get through as many of these calls on the topic of judgment and spiritual psychology as possible. We have Ellen on the line. Ellen, are you with us? I am. Welcome. Thanks Thanks for being patient and, and, and waiting. <laughs> no worries. I appreciate the time. Good
5: well, morning. Um, g- please, Um Good morning,
3: Jessica. Ellen. So, so how can we
5: help you? I'd like to talk about an issue and would love to get some help on it. I was recently fired, uh, for a code of ethics violation, uh, which was somewhere where I never thought I would be because I considered myself to be highly ethical. I wasn't able to be gotten on anything performance related. And so I, they got me in a gray area, which I had verbal permission on, but I didn't have anything in writing. So the essence is that, um, I guess I feel like I, I have a lot of the shoulds going on. I, I should have had stuff I just should have known. I should have had uh, permission in writing. I should have another job by now. Um, I should have not been in the gray area and been more by the book and not put myself in this position. Um, so, so it and sounds the, like the you're
3: one all... that I I. <laughs> I so it sounds like, Ellen, you're already aware of some of the learnings, but you know what? I, I encourage you not to make them shoulds because that's in a way uh, moving into the territory of self-judgment, which only, I think, makes what you're going through more painful. Very much.
5: Very yeah. much. You know, and then it gets even worse in terms of I have a lot of – I know I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, and I should be working them more should. <laughs> should be
3: working you know, we're, we're just going to want to encourage you to be gentle here. And one of the things that we emphasize in spiritual psychology is a learning orientation to life. And when life uh, brings us lemons, you know, our opportunity really is to learn to make lemonade. And part of how you do that is really to look for the learnings, but to look for them with eyes of compassion. Rather than eyes, rather than those harsh, judgmental eyes, and from the little bit you've shared, it sounds like you are you are very much aware of the the learning opportunities, which is wonderful. And my message to you is one of encouraging you to be gentler, softer, kinder, more compassionate with yourself, because ultimately that's going to be a much more supportive stance. And the thing that's so devastating about when we shut on ourselves is that we create more emotional suffering and more mental anguish because we tend to go over what happened repetitively in our minds, and uh, it just can lead to uh, a downward flow.
0: Let's, um, let's look at this through the eyes of spiritual psychology and the spiritual context. So the first question I would ask you is, has this whole experience, is this whole experience, upsetting to you does it disturb your peace yes (laughs) okay so this is what we call i am upset because which is the way that most people deal with um with troubling circumstances so when you do i am upset because what you are doing is you are blaming whatever it is that happened for your inner disturbance with me Yes. Okay. So in spiritual psychology, we say, is that the only possibility and is that helpful? And the answer we come up with is it's not really helpful because it doesn't change anything. Rarely can you actually change the outer circumstance, if ever. Well, if we can't do that, then what can we do? Well, would it be possible to identify and connect with the place inside of ourselves where that upset is happening, and heal that place. The bottom line would be that when similar kinds of things happen, we just deal with them. They just don't disturb our peace. Do you get the sequence there? Yes. Right. So in order to do that, the first thing that we have to do is recognize that, If we have a should in there, as Mary was talking about, another word for should is judgment. In other words, if something should be different from the way that it is, then I'm judging the way that it is as wrong or bad. I'm the one that's doing that. We're suggesting that it's that very judgment that is disturbing of one's peace. The way out of it is what we call compassionate self-forgiveness. We recognize that we're really, like everybody else on this planet, doing the best that we know how to do. We really are. If we really knew better, we would do better. I'm doing my best. When I recognize that, that's where the compassion comes in. And then I forgive myself for issuing forth the judgment that things should be different from the way that they are. I forgive myself for judging that the world should be according to the way that I think it should be, and I simply accept the way that it is. If you live a life of acceptance, and you accept what is, and you don't judge it, you never have to enter into forgiveness. Forgiveness is only necessary when judgment has taken place. That's the Cliff Notes version.
2: <laughs> and if I could jump in and add a couple of things. the One thing that comes to mind, which is the very core of... Um, what we talk about at USM and what you have taught the students there is really how we relate to the issue is the issue, that that really is the, the curriculum itself. If we can learn to observe and not be victimized by what's going on, and that doesn't mean uh, resign and not, and not act, but really understand that nothing is being done to us. We're just reacting to what is going on.
0: That's right. And well, you're gonna well, be much more you're gonna be much more effective in your action if you're coming from a neutral, loving place
3: than from an angry, upset place. And well said, Lisa, as a true graduate of US <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Mary.
5: I guess, I guess it's easier said than done when bills come in and two mortgages need to be handled and things like that and um no income comes in, so well, really, yeah, I, I really do understand that how I am with the issue is the issue. And
3: you know, it's and
5: the sideway between being spiritual and, and having physical things happening.
3: But you, know what? but you know what? One of the most empowering things for you is going to be how you relate with yourself, not only with regard to what happened, but with regard to what you're facing now. And uh, so... This is um, the thing that I, one of the things I love the most about spiritual psychology is its practicality in day-to-day circumstances and situations that are indeed very, very challenging because first and foremost, the emphasis is on, on um, your essence as loving And that you can move to that place of loving, which will be a place of tremendous support and encouragement and positivity for you while you clarify how you're going to meet the challenges that you're facing. Because if you're in a positive consciousness and a proactive problem-solving consciousness, rather than feeling victimized and and uh, in major disturbance about what's going on, you're going to have so much more clarity about how to move forward, and you're also going to be more resourceful in how you go about uh, creating the revenue that you need to keep moving forward.
2: Uh, We are going to need to go to a break in a couple of minutes, and I wanted to interject once again with a question for you, Alan, if I might, and that is what opportunity does this shift, being being fired, what does it offer for you? What is the reframe? Where, what, where can you go with this that is in your highest good, that is in service to you and your family?
5: Well, it's just interesting as we've been talking, um, the word receiving keeps coming forward. I am literally put into a position um, of receiving, and...
3: I'm not the
5: best receiver.
3: Aha. Well, I think you have hit upon something that's very powerful. So in a sense, it puts you in a more vulnerable state and where it's necessary to open receive, openly receive on multiple levels. It sounds like receive support emotionally, to receive financially, uh, to be able to ask for assistance, to know that other people really are there for you. And to, and to turn to spirit, to ask for spirit support and assistance in this time.
2: I think you just did it, yeah. And these are wonderful opportunities. This is, this is the uh, upside of adversity. You can't buy that experience. You can't buy that opportunity. It is the, <laughs> <laughs> it is the reward of, 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 of a little bit of darkness and challenge, which is a good thing. You know, in, I get well, to
5: receive by getting fired. Woohoo!
0: <laughs> no. Well, it's not exactly that. <laughs> However, uh, you know, one of the things that we have found that people who have trouble receiving, if we if we look at that, are often people who don't feel that they are deserving of receiving.
2: We are receiving and we'll talk too. Talk about that <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen, for your call. We'll be right back. This is Harvesting oh, no, Happiness Talk Radio and
1: that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa cypress Cayman on TokiNet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on Toginet.com. Multi ethnic church with Mark DeMoz, Thursday afternoons at 1 noon central, is a show that passionately addresses the question if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church?
6: They call us. God.
1: Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on TogiNet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TogiNet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman.
2: Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, the co-authors of Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology, and today's show is devoted to judgment. Now, I'm sure most of you could relate to being judgmental at some place or time in your life, and today we're dealing with judgment uh, from a spiritual psychology perspective tools of management, tools of releasing judgment, and our phone lines are completely backed up with callers. So this is very, very exciting for the show and for Ron and Mary, who are standing by with us here. Hi, Ron. Hi, Mary. Hi, standing
3: by. Yes, standing
2: by. We're, we're ready. <laughs> we're re- I am ready, too. So let's bring on our next caller. Parisa, are you there? Yeah. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you guys. Um, Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Just go ahead and and chat away.
6: Thank you for having me. Um, I've been going through a really difficult time. Um, It has been a period of two months that I'm trying to get over a breakup, and I'm still having a hard time with myself. And a lot of it has to do with, I guess, shooting myself and... Being upset at myself for reacting on one night where we had an encounter and the the guy that I was dating was, um, we were at a mixer and he started to talk to a different girl and one of my girlfriends said, oh, you know why they're talking because he's been, you know, he's been recently dating her and it just really pushed a button in me. And I, I wanted to leave, and I told him, I'm, you know, I'm leaving now. And then I decided not to let it get to me and stay there. And so he got upset with me. He shut down. He wasn't willing to talk about it. And it just became a really bad spiral. And um, about a month after it, he was willing to sit down and talk to me. And, you know, basically what I heard from him was I don't deal well with adversity and – um what else? That um, you think that we're basically our defense mechanisms are incompatible, which um, I just I felt like it was just the worst of me that came out, um, and I could have not reacted. I could have held myself and not come to conclusions and not wanted to leave right away. Um, but I, it wasn't as if I was yelling and screaming and making a scene or anything like that. I just I just wanted to get up and leave, and the situation just really got to me. Um, so what's happening now is that, obviously, he, you know, he's not going to open the door for us to work on it, which was very upsetting to me. Um, and, you know, when I told him I'll change, I'll, I, I don't want it react that way, and I, I thought it was inappropriate of myself to be that way, which was me judging myself anyways. Um, and, you know, he says, well, I can sit here and look you in the eyes and tell you that I will change, but there's no guarantee for life. So um, I think it's a two-part thing is, one, dealing with his comments to me and also dealing with the pain. Um of the loss, and myself feeling like, okay, well, I, sh- I should be over this by
3: now. Well, the first, the first thing I, I would um, say to you is that it's so important to accept your own process, to not demand against yourself that you should be someplace other than, than where you are. And it, it sounds like from what you're sharing, that you have a lot of hurt that you're experiencing associated with the breakup. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. Yes. You know, one of the principles of spiritual psychology is that healing is the application of loving to the places inside that hurt. And so who is the person that you love the most? that you're aware when you think of them, it just opens your heart?
6: Well, well, is a, a, um I would say it's either my, my mom, my dad, or my brother, or
3: something like that. Okay, so family members, your mom, your dad. And I just would invite you to just close your eyes and to think of your mom. Think of her. Think of... Uh, the loving that you share with her, and just from the just intuitively, I have the sense that your mom is someone who's really there for you. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. See, and in that place, when you think of your mom and you think of her as someone who's always there for you, my sense is probably that your heart feels warmer, that you begin to be more in a place of experiencing self-compassion. Would that be accurate?
6: Yeah, yeah.
3: See, because you can use the love that you experience with your mom, your dad, your brother as a reference point for the loving that can help you move into your own loving and your own compassion for yourself. It's like it becomes a stepping stone or a bridging a way you can bridge into a gentler, kinder, more compassionate way of being with yourself. See, if judgment were going to resolve this and heal this for you, it would have already done it. So we know that that approach is not working for you. So you have nothing no, to lose when yeah, trying another it's just making, approach. It's, Again, just making
6: it hard, it's just making it harder for me. Yeah, it absolutely I'll, is. I'll, I'll just have, like thought of what he has said to me, going back, you know, like I'm talkative and I'm bossy. He makes these comments that I'm talkative and I'm bossy, and it just keeps going over and over like a recorder in my head.
3: Yes. Yes, and you really want to get out of that loop. And one of the ways to get out of a mental loop like that is to bring forward uh, um, an internal mantra um, and... One of the mantras that I have used successfully is, I love myself no matter what. I love myself no matter what. See, no matter what you've said or done or what someone else has said or done to you, you can always choose to be loving with yourself inside of you. And right. you, you need a way to get off that repetitive track. It's like... Uh, uh, an old record player that stuck the needle stuck in a groove that's going only downward.
0: Right. See, and if you think about it, what really is disturbing inside is that you are uh, you are somehow a, a concluding that what he has done somehow makes you less than. That you you somehow are not okay. Would that be an accurate statement?
6: Yeah, you know, I feel like I I had the way I, I acted or I behaved made this happen.
4: They that this happen? it
6: was it was made made the breakup happen, and that. You know, it basically, as if it's, as if I'm blaming myself that it's my fault. Even though he did shut down and he wouldn't talk to me and all of that, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at the whole thing. I'm looking at, I, I made this happen. I made, okay. I made him react this way and I pushed his buttons and then there's no, you know, now there's no more relationship. So and I was, it's all
0: your fault. I was your... excited
6: about the relationship. So, so now it's... I'm just really upset that it's not happening and he's not, There's no forgiveness, there's no working on it, which is, that's really hard for me.
0: Yeah. So you have a a very, very, very strong rule inside of yourself that you should be able to relate just absolutely perfectly, and any time that you don't, it's just terrible, and that you're to blame, and you're bad, and you're wrong. Have I got it? Yeah. Okay. So that's a prescription for eternal suffering. So how can you get out of that? The way you get out of that is first of all by understanding that at the w- the way you are doing it really is the best way you know how to do it right now. And to make that okay, and then you can work with you can work with self-forgiveness. I forgive myself for instituting this rule in the first place. I don't have to have this rule. I can let go of it any time that I want to. I forgive myself for buying into a rule that would result in my suffering most of the time. I don't need to continue doing that. I can take responsibility for the internal upset that's going on inside of me.
6: I Think what was what's hard about about it is that I have this the rule to try to be as as appropriate or as calm and loving as I can be so that, you know, a relationship works well and so, you know, eventually I get married and, you know, it works out good for me. And I knew better at the time. No, you you didn't. No,
0: you didn't. You didn't. Hello, hello. (laughs) You didn't. If you knew better, you would have done better. You didn't know better. Just, just, just let go that you, that you think you, know, but you knew better, you didn't know better. Can you make it okay that you didn't know better? Can it be all right that you didn't know better? You're learning. Yeah. See, that would be the first step, to have a little compassion for yourself. And all I'm suggesting is look at the rules that you have about what should be going on in relationship and how you should be participating. Just look at those rules and let go of them. Forgive yourself for buying into them in the first place. And look at relationship as a growing process. And you're you're in a, a learning process. You're learning how to be more effective in relationship.
2: We are going to need to go to a break. Parisa, thank you for calling in. And when we return, well, we are going to continue with the woulda, coulda, shouldas as um Signals that judgment is in the wind. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. And our guests today, Doctors Ron and Mary Holnick, co-authors of Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology. You may find them at loyaltytoyoursoul.com and universityofsantamonica.edu. Here come the tunes.
3: Where is my heart?
1: We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers-Kamen on toginet.com. The
6: American Rock.
7: Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful
6: day.
1: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on TogiNet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TogiNet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Welcome back, everyone. You're joining me today with Drs. Ron and Mary Holmick, co-authors of Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology, and the co-directors, founders, and teachers, and chief mentors and facilitators at the University of Santa Monica. And uh, we have a full house, and I apologize to anyone who is not able to get onto the phone lines to reach us. We're just going to have to do this again and often. So we've got another caller on the line and I believe we've got Carl or Robert out there. And whoever's on the line, welcome. Hi, how are you? Hi, who are we speaking with? Carl, hi, welcome. You've been trying hi. to get on for a while.
3: <laughs> I've been patiently waiting. It's been fun.
2: Oh, uh, well, you are indeed are patient. We didn't, uh, we didn't anticipate such a full house, and it's, it's wonderful that we have one. So please just feel free to just start right in with Ron and Mary. They're waiting with bated breath.
3: Hi, Ron and Mary, this is Carl Fletterman. Hey, Carl.
2: Carl, hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Congratulations
3: on the book. I think it's great. It's such a great piece of work. Um, my question
0: is about um, judgment and separation and how that works inside of, of you and Ron and just the significance and importance of not creating that separation. You'll have to be a little more specific well, about what I, you mean.
3: I think I know. I think I know what you mean, Carl. It's the thing about judgment is that it creates separation from the experienced and greater awareness of the divine being that we are at our core. Judgment is an action of the ego that creates experientially. That horrible feeling of separation, of loneliness, of uh, being on our own, and and uh, it's uh, as I'm sure you have experienced because it's so common to the human experience. It's very painful, but the worst part about it is it really separates us from separates us from our loving inside, and and that really is what is. Um, I think, so difficult about the experience of judgment.
0: And just to be a little more specific, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really, we can't really ever separate from the loving that we are inside. What we do is we experience separation from the illusion that we're somehow separate from other people or from spirit. We can't ever really be because that's our nature. But when we perpetuate that illusion, that's when we experience the emotional consequence that we call suffering.
3: Well, I um, thanks. I got what I was looking for. Great. Good. God, well, thank you so I'd much for calling. It's great to hear from you. you, Carl. You know, I, I'm just really appreciative of you. I saw you back in the beginning of july and you two guys
0: carry so much light with you it's really nice to uh, see you and hear your voice
2: thank, thank you. you
0: carl all right god bless and- you both
2: we have more callers on the line still i think that carrie dear carrie my producer is just gonna just pop them on the phone and we'll just we'll just have to roll with that who do we have now robert hello hi robert welcome
3: Yes, glad to be here. I'm a former student of Ron and Mary's, Robert Cornell, and I'm a therapist. And I've got to say that this whole thing about acceptance and self-forgiveness, releasing of judgment, is the one thing I would most want to teach my clients. Because it seems to be what creates so much of the pain that we experience
0: in our lives. We certainly agree with that.
2: Robert, was there a specific question?
3: I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to give some appreciation for Ron and Mary and the work they've done and the value that I've gotten out of their program and how important this issue is for people to heal their lives. If I were to teach them one thing, it would be acceptance and self-forgiveness. Beautiful, Robert, and I know you're doing that in your practice. Thank you. Yes, Indeed blessings to you all.
2: Blessings. Um, And I'd like to touch upon the the, the power and value of the compassionate self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others. Uh, My work has evolved quite a bit in the last few years and I now work primarily with the military community and I work a tremendous amount with mostly young men who have returned from service who are experiencing challenges with combat stress, with post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury. And this is an area where this work is just exceedingly helpful because these men come into classes and they have terrible judgment of themselves, of what they did, of what their their fellow um, service members did. And to offer them an alternative to their suffering is very liberating. And, And I see miracles and magic happening as a result of the use of this tool
3: beautiful work that you're doing, Lisa.
2: Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, we have Susan on the line. Welcome, Susan.
7: Hello. Um, I wanted to talk about judgment being a process a little bit and not an event. I um, am caring for my mom, who's in a nursing home. And every day is an opportunity to, um, to discuss the process, or to Experience the process of um, forgiveness, and you know, I I wanted to talk a little bit about how you think it's healed, and then it kind of comes back on you. Um, and you know, I know she, as she moves into senility, it's getting more and more difficult for her to um, experience the needs of anyone else. And I find myself getting upset when she spills her food and. She doesn't comb her hair, or change her clothes, and all of that is just a wonderful opportunity for me. But I, um, I, don't know, I just thought maybe you could talk
0: about that a little bit. Well, you know, I consider myself an expert in this area, Susan, because my mother lingered for four years. And it was very clear to me each time I would go visit her, which I did weekly, that she was going downhill. But I couldn't, I didn't know how far uh, there was to go, and it wound up that for the last several months she was just in a complete vegetative state. And so I watched this whole process of deterioration, and when I saw it, when I chose to see it from a spiritual perspective, I had to come to the realization that her soul knew exactly what it was doing, and chose that particular route so that it could deal with whatever it needed to deal with. Now, can I be 100% sure that that's true? No. But when I choose to look at it that way, it gives me the leverage to not move into judgment, that I just can accept her process for what it is. And in that acceptance, I could just love her. I could, I could just say, well, I know that she's doing the best that she knows how to do with what she's being given and my job is not to try to evaluate her process my job is just to love her and it's not for her that I'm doing that it's for me that I get to practice that loving acceptance on a continual basis for as long as it's going to take and I would tell you that I that was a struggle that was a struggle but I would like to think I was successful, and she passed in great peace.
3: You know, what I would add to that, Susan, it's like if Earth is a school and it's uh, the curriculum that each one of us comes for is our own unique life lessons that are in service to the evolution of our consciousness, then I would suggest to you that you're taking a very advanced graduate course in compassion. And that these experiences that you have with your mom are really showing you the opportunities where you uh, have the chance to do some refining within your own consciousness of the more subtle levels of judgment and to really cultivate the spiritual practice of seeing through the eyes of love of seeing with those eyes of your heart, of residing more and more deeply within that place, deeply and continuously in that place of compassion. What you're doing is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. And yet it is such a high-level spiritual growth opportunity for you. Well,
7: thank you. You know, it's, it's... It just occurred to me, as, as both of you were talking, that maybe I could look at it as that she's
3: really a teacher. And what she's showing to me are all those places that need healing. Excellent. That is and absolutely. there are lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that is so beautifully said, Susan, and from our perspective, so, action, so accurate. And I just encourage you in, in that, because having that awareness, can help elevate and um, encourage you in choosing, consciously choosing the loving. And when you find yourself in a state that's less than loving, being compassionate and loving with yourself and forgiving whatever judgments come forward.
0: You know, I I heard a great song recently that it's, it's wonderful to remember for ourselves and everyone else. It was written by a guy named Scott Grace. And the first two lines are, handle yourself with care. There's a precious child of God in there. And I Mm -hmm. think that's good advice for us all.
2: Indeed it is. We are two minutes from the end of the show, which I don't know how it has flown by so quickly. And I think the moral of today's story is that we need to do this again and often because this is a dynamic forum for, for the Collins. And I am just grateful to you both, Ron and Mary for joining me, for sharing spiritual psychology with me and my world and creating loyalty to your soul to bring it out there in the world to the masses. Our listeners can find Ron and Mary at www.loyaltytoyoursoul.com. They can explore the university of Santa Monica, spiritual psychology education at www.universityofsantamonica.edu. You can connect with me on Facebook at harvesting happiness and H, H the number four, and then heroes.org. And here are a couple of thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice, to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thank you for joining me, Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Talk to you next week.
1: Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress kamen We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 central here on